I can't believe Christmas is already over, and I even more so can't believe that 2020 is already almost over. Like literally, this is the last Saturday of 2020, and some of y'all are maybe a little bit sad because you want it to keep on going. I don't know who that is, but most people are probably excited that 2020 is coming to an end. If you're excited that 2020 is almost over, I need y'all to put some Jesus hype in the chat. I'm not going to lie, I'm ready for a new year. I'm putting it in the chat right now. Jesus hype. Use the emote if you're not a sub. Go ahead and type it. Get hyped. It's the last Saturday of the year, friends. And here's the deal. End of the year of every year, people always look back and reflect on the year, right? Maybe 2020 was a difficult year for so many of you. Maybe 2020 was a year where you lost a loved one, and because of COVID, you weren't even able to attend their funeral. Maybe for you, 2020 was where you had to teach your kids how to navigate through being homeschooled rather than being public schooled. Maybe you had to navigate through losing your job. 2020 has so many difficult things for you to look back on that were bad. But what I want you to do today is I want you to shift your focus. As we look back on 2020, I want to promise you that in the midst of a difficult year, God was also pouring out his blessings. Maybe in 2020 was the year that you got married. That's pretty exciting. something to celebrate. Maybe in 2020, because you were stuck at home, you developed a new gift and found a new passion you didn't, knew, you didn't know that you had. In the midst of a dark year, what I want to encourage you today to do is to shift your focus. That even in a year that was full of burdens, if you'll open your eyes, change your perspective, and shift your focus, you'll see that it was a year not just full of burdens, but a year full of God's blessing. In a year that was full of frustration, it was also a year full of fruit. And here's what you do. I need some interaction from y'all today, okay? I want y'all to help me announce my sermon title. Say it with me and type it in the chat. Focus on the fruit. In a year where there was so much bad, if you'll open up your eyes and shift your focus, you'll see that there was plenty of God's goodness. And as we wrap up, 2020, I don't want to look back on the bad. We, we, we've done that enough already. We've done enough talking about 2020. I'm ready for 2021, okay? I'm, I'm done. I'm just done with the year. I'm going to be alone on New Year's. I'm just, I'm already over it, okay? I'm already over it, people. I'm ready for a new year. And what I want to do is I want to end this year not looking down, but looking back with celebration. Celebrating God's goodness, celebrating that this was not just a year of frustration, but a year of God's faithfulness. That if we'll be willing to shift our focus, we'll see that not only in our church, but in your life, God was there all along. He was making moves. He was making a way where it seemed like there was no way. And today I want to encourage you, don't just look at the bad, but look at his goodness. I want to encourage you, read with me, Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8, going to be our main passage for today. If you don't want a Bible, maybe you've never been to church in your life. I want to encourage you. It's going to be on the screen, and we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us in our last weekend of the year. Jeremiah 17 starts like this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man or in human beings, who draws strength from just mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands, and they will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. I'm going to say that one more time. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They, those people, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Now, in this passage, what I want you to notice is there's two types of people being contrasted. The first person is the one who puts their trust in man, trust in human resources. The second is those who put their trust in divine resources. People that either put their trust in man and human beings and our fickleness and our weakness and those who put their trust and their focus on God. 2020 has been rough for all of us. But those that have had a little bit more joy are those that have had a better control of their focus. What I need you to grasp about both fear and faith is both of them are simply a focus. 
It's where you put your attention. It's where you put your mind. If you put all of your focus on your circumstances, you're going to be full of fear. You're going to be full of depression, full of all these things that would upset you. But if you'll shift your focus and put them on God's goodness, you'll be full of faith. Now, the two parties that are being contrasted in this passage have nothing to do with God's view of you. It has everything to do with your view of God. God here is not favoring one or the other. God is not saying, oh, you know what? I love the guy that's got a handle on his focus rather than the guy that doesn't. It's all about what we're doing. God has favor, but do you have focus? God's not willing to give me a bunch of things that he's not willing to give you because he loves you or, you, or not. It's about if we shift our focus onto him or away from him. Start at the verse again with me. Cursed is the one who trusts in man. It's not that God is cursing you. It's that your choice is cursing yourself. You're the one who's putting your focus, your trust, your hope in something that cannot save you, that cannot help you, that cannot sustain you. It will leave you feeling empty, feeling burdened. When you look back at 2020, where you put your focus will determine your feelings. Curse is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be a, like a bush in the wastelands, and they will not see prosperity when it comes. I want you to really catch this verse, because this is talking about a bush in a wasteland. Someone in a difficult place. I think that's been all of us. No matter who you are, I don't think anyone has managed to escape the difficulties of 2020. But look at the end of that verse. They're like a bush in the wasteland, and they will not see prosperity. They will not see God's goodness. They will not see God's favor when it comes. It doesn't say that those people, that no prosperity will come to them. It says when it does come, they just won't see it. They just won't see it. Why? Because of their focus. In 2020, difficult things have happened to all of us. But I promise you, in the midst of this year, God has blessed you. You just might not have noticed. God has given you favor. You might just not have seen it because of your focus. When our eyes and our minds and our hearts are so focused on the negative, we miss the blessings that God's throwing our way. It doesn't say blessing didn't come. It said it did come. He just didn't see it. Let's read it again. Verse number six. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands, like a person in a bad place, and they will not see prosperity when it comes. Maybe this year you were hoping to get your license, and for so many reasons it didn't come. And maybe all you can see is the frustration of, I want to be able to go to McDonald's at 1 o'clock in the morning. I want to be able to drive. I want to be independent. But you never know why certain things are happening. Maybe Master Blitz, you can't wait to get your license. And maybe because of 2020, it threw everything off. But if you keep your focus fixed on the fact that you never got it, maybe you'll miss the fact that God delayed your license. Because he knew if you had gotten it too soon, God forbid, an accident would have occurred. And if God has to frustrate you by holding back your license to keep you alive, he will. If you keep your focus so much on the frustration, you'll miss the fruit. Maybe because you didn't get your license, maybe you had great conversations with your mom in the car that are becoming few and far between the older you get and more independent you become. Maybe there are things that you're missing out on because you're so focused on the negative. And right now, everyone, when you look back at 2020, all we're thinking about is how much it sucked. That's all we're doing. Shift your focus onto God's goodness, off the frustration, and onto the faithfulness. I'm just making a decision in my mind that I'm already over spending New Year's alone. I'm just already over it, okay? Already passed it. I'm already in January 2nd. I've accepted my fate. 
Okay, I've just accepted it. It's over. I'm not going to complain about it anymore. I'm done. I'm shifting my focus. And I promise you, blessings have come your way in 2020. You just might have to look a little harder for them. You just might have to open up your eyes. You might have to do a double take. You might need better 2020 vision in 2020 to be able to see God's faithfulness. Because if you keep your focus on the negative, you'll be like a bush. Not a bush who doesn't get blessings. A bush who just doesn't see them. Continuing down, they will dwell in the parched places of the desert. In a salt land where no one lives, but here's the contrast. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the one who shifts their focus on God's blessing, on his resources, rather than man's resources. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Now, you got to read the phrasing being used here. It's not just a tree whose roots are by the water but a tree who sends its own roots by the water. It's not just accidental that the roots happen to be near the resource where it needs to continue to flourish. It's not by accident that it happens to just be by the water. No, no, no. It said the tree sends its roots to the place where it needs to go, making a conscious decision that I'm shifting my focus to be able to be on the resource that gives me the living water that I need to focus. And I want to encourage you today, where are your roots? Where are your roots? In 2020, our roots have been going all over the place. Your root is not the stimulus check that's coming in, and I hope it's 2000, somebody put an amen in the chat, okay? It ain't going to be on who's president. It's not going to be on vaccine or not vaccine. We need to plant our roots by the water, the living water, who is Jesus, whose well never runs dry. We are not continuing to be full of joy because we are happy people. We're not continuing to flourish because we're good. We're continuing to flourish because our roots are planted by the water. And I need to ask you today, where do you plant your roots? When things are going wrong, when things are difficult, where do you plant your roots? Your roots will determine your focus, and your focus will determine your future. Where you keep on looking will determine where you keep on going. It is not just about what's happening to you. It's about how you're looking at what is happening to you. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out by the stream. Continuing, it does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green it has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit this tree it doesn't fear when the heat comes and it doesn't fear when the heat comes not because it's strong in its own ability to be a tree but it's strong because its roots are planted by the water when you're in a drought Trees should not be green. But the tree's ability to remain green is not determined by the strength of the tree or the season that it's in. It stays green because its roots are planted by the water. In 2020, you should not be full of joy unless your roots are planted by the water. And many of us, this year has dug at us so deep it has removed and reshifted your roots, and it's reshifted your focus. When we talk about 2020, I really hope that it'd be the year that you told people it's the year you got married, not the year where everything went wrong. I pray that it'll be the year that you finally got to move to Virginia, not the year where everything went wrong. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll shift your focus, and even if you just find one good thing, how are you going to describe 2020 to your grandchildren? Will it be the year of frustration or the year of God's faithfulness? You get to tell the story. You get to tell it. How are we going to tell it? I'm going to tell it 
it's the year that our staff finally got to be in Virginia. And we got to do ministry in incredible ways. It just looked a little bit different. It's the year that we learned to overcome adversity. It's the year where we became stronger than ever. It's the year where we had to become more creative than ever because so many things we had planned didn't go our way. It's the year where we had to think outside of the box when we thought we was already outside of the box. I'm not going to describe 2020 as the worst year of my life. I'm going to describe it as the year that made me stronger than I've ever been. I'm shifting my focus. What story will you tell? Where are your roots planted? And where has your focus been? The final part of that verse, it has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. This tree is in a year of drought, but yet somehow it's still bearing fruit. This year for many of you has felt like a year of drought, but I promise you, fruit has been bared. But have you seen it? Have you opened up your eyes enough to notice God's faithfulness? Have you opened up your eyes enough to look back and be like, you know what, if I take a second look, this good thing happened, this good thing happened, I got to spend more time with my kids than I ever had before. My husband and I, we maybe had to fight through some things, but we, we finally got some resolution of things that we were so busy we never had the time to actually talk about. I lost my job, but I actually hated that job anyway. God put me in a new one that I actually enjoy so much more. What blessings, if you'll just open your eyes and shift your focus, can you realize that weren't there? You need to focus on the fruit. Don't focus on the frustration. In a year of drought, focus on the fruit. And I'll be honest, for me, it was really tempting in the earlier parts of this year to focus on the negative. Like when March came around and, and everything started going downhill, it was a really big moment for me. Every one of us this year, you probably had a bunch of things that happened. But most of us, I think, we, we could probably pick a single moment where that was the most frustrating moment for you. That was the moment where you're like, man, I'm so over this. There was probably a single moment just coming to your mind of like, that was, that was a deciding moment for me where I had to decide where I was going to put my focus. That one thing was either going to tip me over the edge or make me stronger than before. And to be honest, that moment for me was when we had to postpone our launch. You see, you, you, you got to understand, before I ever even knew what Twitch was, I dreamed of a day where some church would have a land center in it. I didn't know that I would lead it. I didn't know any of this was possible. But before I ever even started on Twitch, I didn't even know what Twitch was. I remember sitting in my office, Cornerstone in Oxford, Connecticut. I was on my lunch break, and I just had this idea that today I know God popped in my brain. And I remember for the next several weeks, I obsessed over it. I remember literally surveying 100 non-Christian gamers. I made sure they were people that did not believe in God, had no interest in going to church, and asked them a simple question. Please be brutally honest with me. If you knew of a church in your area that had a land center in it where you could go and play video games with your friends on like really cool PCs and consoles, would you at least be willing to give it a try? 100 out of 100 people said, yes, I'd love to, I'd be willing to try it. The most brutal answer I got was, this is the only reason I would ever step foot into a church in my whole life. And honestly, I don't think I would like it, but I'd at least be willing to try it. Zero people said no. And I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know that one day we'd do this, but I knew one day somebody's got to do this idea. That was over six years ago. So when we started planning, you got to understand, every day was Christmas for me. Every day. Every time we bought a new PC. Every time we got a new thing. Every time we had a new plan. When we got this location, when we, everything was Christmas morning to me. So when we had to decide not to do it, you got to understand, it was like the dream of my soul just being shattered. I had prayed for this more than 
anybody else, waited for this longer than anybody else. And I had to be strong for everybody else, but it tore me apart. When we sold those PCs so they wouldn't keep depreciating in value, I felt like I was selling a piece of my soul. We worked so hard. We worked so hard to make that dream a reality. And two weeks before it opened, it was done. And I don't know what the moment was for you, but that was mine. I had to decide, where am I going to put my focus? Because I felt like complaining for the rest of the year. I felt like, Pastor Boz, you just do this whole thing, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm done, bro. I'm just going to stream. I'm just going to dance in a penguin suit all day long. You, you can do all the hard church stuff, man. Um, uh, GG, bro. And I, I had to decide, where am I going to put my focus? And there were parts of even my heart that I was like, Sure, we'll keep on going, but it's not going to get any better. Nothing's going to get any better until COVID is gone. But I had to remind myself that in a year of drought, the tree still bears fruit if its roots are planted by the water. I could have chosen to spend the rest of the year complaining. I could have chosen to be angry. I could have chosen to say, you know what, the devil has won. I surrender. I chose to shift my focus. That even though my years of planning and years of praying and years of dreaming had been shattered, they weren't doomed, they were just delayed. Just delayed. Nobody likes a delay. But God is still making a way. God is still moving in the midst of our church. And what I want to do is I want to spend the remainder of our time together celebrating God's fruit in a year of frustration. Celebrating God's blessing in a year of God's burden. So I need you all just to get ready. You might as well put Jesus hype on copy and paste right now. Because you're about to put it in the chat for the next 15 minutes. Over and over and over and over again. As we go through in a year-end review, celebrating God's goodness. Put a five in chat if you're ready. Put a five in chat if you're ready because we're diving right in. Friends, we wrap up 2020, a year that some people, some people might call a year of drought, but I call it a year of fruit. Wrapping up 2020 with our Discord with 3,642 people in our gaming Discord, 509 in our church Discord. We got to give God praise. We got to give God some praise. Now, if y'all remember, we did a six-week series on capacity. That was like eight weeks ago, and we had just hit 3,500 people. Now we're at 3,642 people. That's like 20 people a week. That's some growth. I don't know about you, but our Discord's not feeling like a drought. It's feeling like there's fruit. There are people getting plugged in, people building relationships for the first time. I mean, we just launched our church Discord like three months ago, trying to get five or nine people. Now a lot of those people are the same people. I get that. But growth is happening. Growth. In a year of drought, growth is happening. Things are supposed to die in a year of drought. I don't know about you, but our church isn't dying. It's growing. Thank you, Jesus. 3,642 people. Now, I mean, y'all about to get super hyped for this one. Okay, y'all about to get super hyped. I want you to throw up the list because some of y'all are like, I wonder where all these people are in the world. It's going to take me a while to go through this list. These are the countries that our church are reaching and ministering to. Give me a second and give me some grace as I butcher some of these names. We are reaching people and ministering to people in Argentina, Australia, Austria, Bahamas, Bangladesh, Barbados, Belgium, Bosnia, represent Brazil. Come on, somebody. Bulgaria, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Croatia, Czech Republic, Denmark, Dominican Republic, Egypt, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Guatemala, Her Herzegovina, praise God, Honduras, Hungary, India, Indonesia, Iran, Iraq, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Japan, Jersey, Jersey? Praise God. Kazakhstan, Kenya, Kuwait, Lithuania. I'm going to keep on going. Y'all better put some hype in the chat. Republic, Malaysia, Mexico, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Panama, Peru, Philippines, Poland, Portugal, Puerto Rico. 
Romania, Russia, St. Lucia, Saudi Arabia, Serbia, Singapore, Slovakia, Slovenia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Macedonia, Sweden, Switzerland, Taiwan, Thailand, Turkey, Ukraine, United Arab Emirates, United Kingdom, United States, and Uruguay for the glory of God. I'm out of breath, people. God is blessing our church in a year of drought. I don't know about you, but that list looks like fruit. In a year of drought, that list looks like fruit. If we were to put this list in map form, these are the countries that we are reaching around the world. I don't know about you, but I see more blue than I see white. I see more blue than I see white. In a year of drought, that picture looks like fruit. In a year of drought, I don't know about you, but God's still moving. He's not done. Baby, he's just getting started. He's not done. He's just getting started. We do something called Squawk Hunt every year. Maybe you've heard of it, and if you haven't, better come next year. More details soon. First year of Squawk Hunt ever, we had 47 people. Second year of Squawk Hunt, 74 people. Third year of Squawk Hunt, 98. Man, I was so mad we didn't hit 100. I'm not going to lie to you. Nine, same, you feel me, you feel me? 98 people. Our fourth, four, fourth ever squad con, I need you to spam Jesus type in the chat. 139 people registered for squad con for the glory of God in a year of drought. To me, it looks like fruit. And I want to tell you, every single year, we are looking to increase not just numbers. I need you to grasp this. I am not concerned with just numbers because numbers look impressive. But I am obsessed with numbers. Why? Because every number represents a real life person who's getting to hear the story of Jesus Christ. Every number to me is a big deal. You watching live right now, you're not just a red number below the screen. We see you. We love you. We want to do our best to serve you. You might be watching on YouTube right now. You're not just another viewer. We want to be able to love and serve you in any way that we can. Every number matters. Every number matters. When we had five numbers, those five mattered. When we have 3,642, they matter. When we have one million, praise God, that might as well be a prophecy right there. Those will matter. Every single person matters. Some of y'all remember Waymaker Week? Put some hype in the chat if y'all remember Waymaker Week, okay? Waymaker Week, I'll be honest, it was scary. Waymaker Week was pretty scary. We wrapped up a six-week series talking about check your capacity. And having an honest conversation about the capacity of our church. Talking about the financial state of our church. The state of our leaders. The state of our staff. And it was an unhealthy place for so many people. Because there was so many people to serve, so few leaders to serve them. And so we had an honest conversation with the church about our capacity. And we did Waymaker Week, where we were asking the church to be generous and decrease the church's budget by over $10,000 a month. Y'all were there. Put some Jesus hype in the chat, because we did it in the midst of drought. Fruit came, and you have no idea what that meant to our staff. As we talked about, we had multiple plans on what we were going to do. One, we wanted to be able to take our staff and be able to give them a fair salary. It is unbiblical for a church to expect their leaders to take care of them, but they don't want to take care of their leaders. And now, because we're able to offer our staff fair salary, as we move into 2021, not only has that been taken care of, but now we can hire a new a part-time discipleship pastor as we make discipleship a major focus for 2021, and that was made possible because of you. We're going to be able to make steps in the right direction so that people aren't just hearing about Jesus, but they're having more leaders that can sit down with them and open up the good book and teach them all it has to offer, to trust God, to walk in his ways in a year of drought. I don't know about you, but that sounds like fruit to me. In a year of drought, it sounds like fruit. I've been in conversations with some people about the job. No one's securing it just yet. I, man, I got some high standards, I'm not going to tell you. But in 2021, you're going to see some new additions to our staff. 
in January, you're going to start hearing about two new volunteer additions to our staff that you all are going to have to wait and hear who those people are. But in a year of drought, that sounds like fruit to me. God is increasing our capacity. God is making a way where it seems like there is no way. As another way to increase our capacity, we've been looking to increase our partnership roster. If you don't know what that means here at God Squad Church, we have a next step that people can take, and it's becoming a partner here at God Squad Church. Other churches might call it membership. We call it partnership. Paul in the New Testament says we are partners in the gospel. I've been the guy that's had a gym membership but never went. I don't just want to be a member. I want to be a partner. I don't just want to be a consumer. I want to be a contributor. And I want to say thank you to so many of our partners who this year have made that next step of saying, you know what, this is my home church. I am committing to the family. I'm committing to spiritual leadership. I'm committing my love to one another. I'm going to give. I'm going to serve. And our partners, we even give them opportunity to talk about major decisions. We get their feedback. What better way than to make decisions that affect the people than to hear from the people before we do them? And our partners, we want to say we love you. And we want to say that in 2020, we are now at a total of 30 partners and 17 new partners this year for the glory of God. In a year of drought, doubling your partnership roster sounds like fruit to me. Sounds like fruit to me. And I want to encourage you, if you want to take that next step, you can get some more information on our website. If God Squad Church has been a home to you, you've been a part of our church for three months or longer, and you want to say, you know what, I'm not sitting on the bench anymore. I'm not just coming to receive. I want to come to give. I want to be a part of something that's bigger than myself. I want to be connected. I want to be a part of the voice that is shifting the culture of God Squad Church. I want to encourage you, we're looking to increase that roster. We doubled it this year. What if we doubled it again next year? Come on now, 3,642 people, only 30 partners. we got some work to do, but it's a year of God's increase. We've been talking about capacity, that we needed some people to serve and volunteer. Everybody's got gifts, and I want to tell you that our church is now up to a total of 54 volunteers, 21 new this year, for the glory of God. People are using their gifts, using their passions, whether it's here in person, setting up, tearing down, running tech, being a part of the future children's ministry, whatever it might be, online. Some of y'all are writing devotionals, being a part of the prayer team, helping with YouTube videos. There are so many ways for people to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And I want to challenge you, if you're not already involved, don't wait another minute. Use your gifts to serve God, to be a part of something that's bigger. This church is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than any one of us. It's all of us together working hard to see lives changed for generations and for all of eternity. But we can't do it alone. Alone, I can only make a dent. But together, we make a difference. And I want to encourage you, get to our website. Let's put that Get Involved link in the chat. Maybe today, you'll spend the last several days of the year praying about God. Not, not am I going to serve, where am I going to serve? God, what do you want me to do so that I can increase the capacity and reach more people from Christ? One of, the, one of the most important things we do in terms of discipleship and helping people find community and grow in their faith is called experience groups. Put a heart in chat if you're currently in an experience groups. Experience groups are a group of 10 people that meet together every week for an hour to talk about life to study God's word together, to be a huge accountability and support system together. It's gamers gaining experience to level up in their faith. Christianity is not meant to be a solo game. It is meant to be multiplayer. It is meant to be an experience we do together, and we have been pushing, wanting people to sign up. I am in an experience group every Wednesday morning. I want every single living, breathing human to be in an experience group. You're not meant to do it alone. You can't do it alone. you got to get around people that you can be vulnerable with. A small, trusted group of people. I don't expect you to spill your beans in front of the entire discord, but I do want you to be open in front of a few people. We have so many people that come to us, I just feel like I'm so disconnected in such a big church with so many people in the discord. I feel so disconnected. And my question is always, are you serving? And are you in an experience group? And nine out of ten times when people are feeling disconnected, both of those answers are no. When you start getting around other people 
you start serving, you start getting your hands dirty for the kingdom and doing something bigger than yourself, you'll be around some people that you'll get to know, get to love, they get to love you. I, I'm aware you're not going to be best friends with all 3,642 people. It's just not possible. But it doesn't mean you can't be connected with anyone. You've got to get in an experience group. You've got to get in an experience group. If you take one thing away from today's message, join an experience group. <laughs> Join an experience group. Don't do 2021 by yourself. Get around some people that will love you, serve you, teach you, encourage you. They're text chatting throughout the week, building each other up. I got an interview in 30 minutes. Can y'all pray for me? People are jumping into voice calls right then and there, praying for one another. If you've got one hour a week, it doesn't even matter if you do or not. You need that one hour a week. You need that support into the glory of God in 2020. Our experience groups have grown. We now have 11 total experience groups where seven of those were brand new in 2020. We now have 84 active members in experience groups and 58 of those, 58 of those 84 in 2020. You might think it's a year of drought, but I don't know about you, but it looks like fruit. It looks like fruit to me. 84 people encouraging one another having support but i tell you out of 3642 there's a lot of people doing life alone there's a lot of people doing life alone you don't have to there are resources and ways for you to get engaged you just got to take advantage of them here at god squad church we're always asking how can we serve our people better how can we get people more connected how can we do more and even though we never will have the perfect answer there are still resources available for you to get plugged in. As a gamer, we have grown up sitting alone in our room. Gone are the days where you need to be isolated. This is the kingdom of God. This is God's family. Don't do it by yourself. 84 people have decided life is better together. Who's next? Who's next? Maybe it should be you. Y'all better get some Jesus hype in the chat. Next year. Our discipleship pastor, whoever that will be, you'll find out. That's going to be one of his main projects, getting more people in experience groups. Faith is not meant to be a solo player experience. Last two things of God's fruit and God's goodness I want to share with you is this year we've really been encouraging and beginning to tell people that the next step in your faith is to get water baptized. We believe that water baptism is such a beautiful outward declaration of an inward transformation the bible teaches that when you make a decision to follow jesus that the next step for you to do is to publicly declare your faith through water baptism now i'll be honest we're stepping into some new territory here okay we've been doing online water baptisms we started looking at the bible we started looking at what the bible teaches about water baptism and realizing that we see four elements in scripture about baptism first you have a person who's given their life to follow Jesus. Second, you have the presence of the Holy Spirit. God needs to be there. If God's not at your water baptism, you're just going for a swim, okay? Third, you obviously see the presence of water. And fourth, you see some kind of person there that is helping with that water baptism. For Jesus, it was John the Baptist. And up until now, the world has always done water baptisms in person where you would physically dunk the person. And we started asking ourselves, as a church, how can we do water baptisms online? And we're not looking to do things here at God Squad Church that are fun and exciting just because they're fun and exciting. First, they need to be biblical. First, they need to be acceptable in God's word. And as we started looking at those four elements, a person who's given their life to follow Jesus, presence of the Holy Spirit, water, and someone who's helping with the baptism, we just couldn't convince ourselves enough that I'm important enough that if I can't stand in the same room as you, your water baptism can't count. I just couldn't convince myself that my hand on your shoulder, even though you've made a decision to follow Christ, even though the presence of God is able to be here with me and with you, and that there's water, I couldn't convince myself that if you take me out, the whole thing doesn't count. You take the person out, it doesn't count. You take God out, it doesn't count. You take the water out, you can't really have water baptism without water. You take any of those out, you can't have water baptism. 
but you mean because I'm not in the same room, I disqualify a decision that you made between you and God and that you want to publicly confess between other people? I couldn't convince myself that I'm that important. I just couldn't. So we started doing water baptisms where people in a pool, in a bathtub, any body of water that you could find where you could still make that public declaration of following Christ to the world. And this year, you better put your hands together. We had four people be water baptized online for the glory of God. For the glory of God. And next year, we want to see more and more and more people taking that next step to make a decision to be water baptized, to publicly declare on the internet that they are unashamed to be a follower of Jesus. My friends, I've saved the Best, best two for last. Because I want you to get super excited. Because one thing that we have been really, really, really pushing is that as a church, we don't just want to be people who receive. We want to be people who give. And not just us as individuals giving to the church, but the church giving to individuals. God has called us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God has called us not to just live out our faith through what we say, which is easy, but through what we do, which is the hard part. And because of your generosity, because of your giving, in a year of 2020, where people were losing their jobs, where single moms weren't able to afford their mortgage, where people couldn't afford to feed their children, where people couldn't afford their medical bills because of all the things that were going wrong, in 2020, to God be the glory, through your generosity and through our combined efforts, we gave over $10,000 to individuals in need. I don't know about you, but in a year of drought, it looks like fruit. And that is something we want to continue in 2021. I've already spoken with our board, and our vision for our finances is we want to reach a place where 10% of the church's finances are going right back out to help people in need, things like outreach, things like evangelism, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're currently not yet there to be at that 10% mark, but that's our goal. We don't just want to be a church that receives. We want to be a church that gives that serves, that loves people. And I want to say thank you to all of you that have given. This is only possible through our combined generosity, over $10,000 to families in need, especially in a year where they needed it most. But friends, last but not least, if we're not making real-life transformation in people's lives, then we're just performing entertainment. We set out on a mission to help gamers win. And the ultimate win is to get people to know Jesus. And in 2020 alone, a year where people would say it was full of drought, let me show you the fruit that in 2020 alone, we had exactly 100 people make a decision to say yes to follow Jesus. That is 100 people depopulating hell, repopulating heaven for the glory of God. This is why we do what we do so that people are saying yes to follow Jesus, being discipled, having their lives changed. They'll go on to teach their children, who will teach their children. I'm going to tell you, God might have to give us our own God Squad church section in heaven with the amount of people that we're going to reach in the entirety of this church to the glory of God. And I don't know about you, but I think God's just getting started. I think he's just getting started. As we conclude, I want to read one final verse to you today. 1 Corinthians 2.9 What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Y'all better get ready for God to blow your mind. I believe in 2021 that God is going to do things that we've never seen, things we've never heard, and have better ideas than we could have ever come up with ourselves for the glory of God. That way more people will give their lives to follow Jesus. That we'll be able to give way more finances to help people in need. That if we're having 100 salvations, we should be having 100 water baptisms. That our experience groups are flourishing. That more and more people are serving and volunteering, not just because we need help, but because they're not experiencing their full potential. 
We are going to experience a year of God's blessing even if COVID doesn't go away. That's what I want you to catch. COVID's not holding back the kingdom. COVID is not holding back the kingdom. In a year of drought, we've just seen there's been fruit, but you need to shift your focus. Focus on the fruit. I could have chosen to focus my eyes on the fact that my dream of this land center got obliterated. But I've chosen, no, 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 no. I've chosen to put my focus on that 100 people gave their lives to follow Jesus. I chose to shift my focus that we gave over $10,000 because of your generosity to people in need. I chose to focus that 84 people are experiencing deep, genuine, intimate community, growing in their faith. I chose to focus that there is a list that took me five minutes to read of how many countries we're reaching. I chose to focus that 3,642 people are in our discord having opportunities to be ministered to. In 2020, there has been a lot of bad, but there has also been a lot of good. Where will you put your focus? I pray in Jesus' name that you'll make a decision today to plant your roots by the water and to say, God, I'm putting my trust in you. I'm going to allow you to be my strength so that even in a year of drought, my leaves are green. So that even in a year of depression, I'm still smiling. Not because everything is not going wrong, but because my roots are planted by the water. I challenge you to shift your focus. Focus on the fruit. I'm not focusing on the fact that here we are, almost 2021, and there's seven people in this room. I'm focusing on the fact that there's 108 people watching live. That's where I'm putting my focus. That's where I'm shifting it to, changing my perspective. It doesn't matter how I feel. I'm looking at who God is, his goodness, his faithfulness. And I challenge you today, shift your focus. Focus on the fruit. It's not the year of depression. It's the year you got married. It's the year where you got to celebrate unity. It's the year where you got closer than ever with your family. It's the year for me where I reconnected with my brother after like 15 years. For me, I'm shifting my focus. Shifting my focus. And I believe that if you'll put your trust in God, we will see and experience things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God is just getting started. We haven't even scratched the surface. Our church is about to turn five years old in March. A five-year-old would be a child. Hasn't even, hasn't even begun to tap into their fullest potential. Our church, if we'll keep trusting God, if we'll keep serving, if we'll keep believing, if we'll keep giving, but most importantly, if we'll keep our focus and our eyes on Jesus. Our focus is not about the fact that we're the first church in the world for gamers. We're not chasing clout. Our focus is not on the fact that our church is in a healthier financial position. We're not about money. We need money for the mission, but it's not our purpose. We're not focusing on the fact that we're growing. We're not focusing on the fact that we're cool. We're not focusing on the fact that we're going to be the first church of the land center. That stuff is all a bonus. We're focused on Jesus and Him glorified and Him as our King. This is for Him, because of Him, so that more and more people can give their lives to follow Jesus. And maybe there are some of you right now that you feel like the bush in this story. The bush in the wasteland that doesn't even see the blessings that are right in front of it. Maybe you feel like you've just been in a dried up place where you feel so empty and that 2020 has just removed the life out of you. You feel dried up, unsatisfied, looking for something more. Can I tell you what your life is missing is trust 
in Christ. Some of you are here watching online. You've never made a decision to get your heart right with God. You've never made a decision to say yes to follow Jesus, to have your sins forgiven, to allow Him to put you by the water, even though you feel like you're living in a wasteland. Can I tell you, when I said yes to follow Jesus, my problems didn't all of a sudden go away, but it gave me hope. It gave me peace. It gave me a foundation where I could put my trust in. And I believe that no matter who you are, what you've been through, what has happened to you, or what you've even done yourself, Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from your sins. Just like we celebrated on Christmas. He was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life so that he who never sinned could die on the cross to forgive you and I for our sins. He died in our place. He took our consequence. Why? So that three days later, he would rise from the grave and we would be forgiven for all who would put their trust in Jesus. I'm not asking you to be a better person. I'm not asking you to earn it. I'm not asking you to deserve it because none of us ever, ever will. I'm asking you, do yourself a favor. Don't go into 2021 without Jesus. Don't go into 2021 without experiencing the goodness of God. Experiencing his fulfillment. Experiencing his faithfulness, his love, his forgiveness. Experiencing the purpose that you've been missing. You've been feeling dried up unsatisfied can I tell you Jesus he is your answer and maybe today as we wrap up this year you'd say you know what I'm not going into 2021 without Jesus I'm not going another second without Jesus I understand that I'm in need of a savior and if that's you I'd encourage you to pray this prayer with me as you make a decision to say yes to follow Christ repeat these words after me God I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I ask you today, God, to forgive me of my sins. And I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. God, help me today to love you, to serve you, and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, can we get some Jesus hype in the chat for those that are saying yes to follow Jesus? Praise God.